am so grateful for our very first podcast with my dear friend, Rick Bronick. Our first podcast is so exciting, Leonard. And I'm here with my very dear friend, Leonard Chimchak. Before we get started, I'd like to take a moment to introduce Leonard to you because he's an amazing man. Not only is he a dear friend, he is so incredibly talented. He has published four books and ghostwritten a fifth. He is a psychotherapist. He's been a psychotherapist for 45 years working with men and families and family systems. He has had an incredible amount of experience working with men in men's group as well. He lives in Monarch Beach, California, right near the beach. He is a delightful man and good friend, Leonard Shimchak. Well, thank you for the introduction, Rick. And it just kind of goes uh, payback time because I'm going to introduce <laughs> my friend, Rick Bronick. Rick is just an amazing man. Our experiences are different, but Rick has, he's led over 200 workshops, weekends with men. It shows a tremendous breadth of experience. He's been around the world. He's been uh, 15 countries, Rick? 11 countries 11 and 5 countries. continents. Well, yes. it's, he seems like it's uh, probably more countries because he's been so experienced. And I'm so grateful that we've had the opportunity to do this podcast because Rick has written two books. He's been involved with men's work for 35 years. And he just brings a great wealth of experience. I'm so grateful that we've paired off uh, writing our book, Wake Up, Grow Up, and Show Up, Calling Men of the 21st Century. And now we're starting our very first podcast. Which we're calling, Calling Men into the 21st Century. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> All right. So, Leonard, tell me, what does wake up mean to you? Well, you know, wake up for me means that, you know, we're, we're at a stage in our development as men to begin to wake up from some of our traditional ways of being men. So being strong, tough, independent, self-sufficient. And waking up means that we really have more attributes that we can develop. Waking up means from the, kind of like the, the, as the American Psychological Association call it, normative masculine ideology. That can be very harmful because it doesn't give us choices. Because we're here in our book and in our podcast to show that we as men have choices. I know you have more to say on this, so I'll pass the ball to you. Well, to me, Leonard, waking up means waking up out of the man box. The man box is that restrictive image that men are given almost from the moment of birth, perhaps from the moment of conception, that we have to be certain way to be acceptable as men in our society. We have to be strong. We have to be silent. We have to be isolated. We have to take care of things ourselves. We have to control all of our emotions except maybe our anger. You know, we, our whole role is to, is to work hard and bring home the bacon so our families can survive. And that is what we call the man box. It's like a cage. Now, there's some great qualities in it, of course. Support men who want to support their families, who want to have great careers. But we find that it's harmful, maybe even toxic for men when they feel restricted, like that's the only way they can be. Yeah, you know, uh, I come from a therapeutic background, and I see, wow, men in relationship think that they have to be only a certain way, which really impacts relationships, couples, and families. So I've seen so many men that are restricted by their emotional way of being in the world. They're restricted by how they relate with their partners. And waking up is, okay, let's wake up. We can be very different. We can actually be in the world in a more fully human way as opposed to the very constricted way that men were taught to be. And this don't cry, don't really be too emotional, work really hard, don't be with other men. And that's what we're really talking about, inviting men to wake up. Yep, wake out of those very limited uh, roles that we think we can play. 
and we both had the opportunity to wake men up in, in different ways. You as a therapist, me as a workshop presenter, provider for Mankind Project and other organizations. So we do processes on our weekends that help men wake up, that teach men some emotional intelligence, that help them begin to identify and work on those limiting beliefs about themselves that tell them this is what a man is and expand their range and their resilience as men. How do you do it therapeutically? Well, you know, before going there, Rick, I was going to invite you to share how you woke up. Mm. Because, you know, it's really important that listeners begin to see how we were shut down. I was shut down as a kid. So I grew up and my parents divorced when I was young. I never talked about it. I didn't express myself. My father was in a mental institution for a year and a half. And I, when I look back, Rick, I didn't really share any of that with anybody. I kept it all to myself. I stuffed it to myself. And it really wasn't until I joined the men's movement, my first men's group in Sydney, Australia, in 1984, when I started to say, wow, there's a different way of being with men and to wake up. So that was one of my wake-up calls in 1984. I knew, the, I knew the year because that's when I first joined men's work. How about you? Wow. That's a lot to carry, Leonard. I, re- I look back on my life, and at seven years old, my dad left the family for the first time, and he put me on his knee as the oldest of six kids, and he said, Rick, I'm leaving. Uh, you're the man of the family, and I'll take care of your mother and take care of your siblings. Well, I was only seven years old, I and I took that to heart. I loved my dad. I wanted to do what he wanted me to do, I and I became the caretaker for my siblings and my mom, unconsciously, but I dove into it with all my little heart, and that became a definition, a defining role for me for a very long time. In 1987, when I got married, it started whacking me right between the eyes, and I realized something was wrong. This marriage wasn't going the way that we had it promised. And so I got into therapy. I started doing uh, some support groups and some really intense work, and that led me to my doing my men's work, which I did in March of 1990 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I did uh, the Mankind Project a New Warrior Training Adventure. That really woke me up again and gave me a new way of being as a man. And I began to challenge all those old messages that I was carrying, just like you have, and like we help our clients do all the time. We write about in our book a lot. It woke me the heck up. It was wonderful and scary and juicy and delightful. And my life has never been the same since that moment. Well, you know, I I think that back, Rick, and I think, wow, uh, back before I joined the men's group and the men's movement, I was numb. I was, I just did not feel, I didn't realize how shut down I was until I really began to explore this with other men and to understand that I wasn't alone, that other men suffer the same ways, other men keep their feelings to themselves. And I've heard this phrase so many times, as I'm sure you have, men, when they start opening up, they realize and they begin to say, you know, I thought I was the only one who felt this way. And then really waking up is, well, I'm not the only one who felt this way, but other men have felt this way as well. I'm not alone. I'm connected to this brotherhood of men. Yeah. And that's why being in a men's group is so important because over and over and over again, we get this message that we're not the only one, that other men in our group are nodding their heads or speaking up and saying, oh my God, I have the same experience. It's hugely affirming to, to recognize that. And that kind of takes us to, you know, we were talking about waking up. So, you know, remember in our title, we put grow up. So women liked in our title that we had grow up. Men were a bit weary. He says, I don't really like being told I have to grow up. But 
Uh, <laughs> and we've kind of joked about this, but in essence, when we wake up, we do have to grow different qualities of ourselves. We have to grow our emotional intelligence, our ability to recognize our different emotions and to connect with others emotionally and to connect in relationships as well. Part of growing up is, is if I've always used my right arm, my left arm needs to be strengthened. And growing up means I'm growing and strengthening that part of myself that needs to have a bit of more muscle. Exactly. I see this all the time in men's trainings where men come in and they feel so stunted and they know they're stunted, but they don't know how to get out of it. They don't know how to start exercising that other arm, so to speak. And in a, in a circle of men, it, it becomes clearer what they can do. They get permission, they get examples, they get mentoring, they get modeling from other men. It's, it's very, very important. So we want men to grow up out of the man box. We want men to develop a much broader skill set, much greater emotional intelligence, much greater ability to connect with other men, and that also means with women and children in a better way, and enhance their lives. That's what we mean by grow up. We don't mean men are infantile in any way. What we do mean that men have not been taught how to fully develop as human beings, and that's what we're after. We want men that have a broad range of capacities, a broad range of emotional intelligence, a broad range of connections with men and women so that they have resiliency when they hit hard spots in their lives, they have resiliency. They have things they can fall back on, people they can fall back on, and skills they can fall back on. That's what we mean by grow up. Yeah, you know, the part of the growing up is, for me, when I look at my life, is uh, I was taught to be independent, self-sufficient, on my own, the Lone Ranger. And what I've had to grow up in my life is to grow up the capacity to really be involved with others, to be more dependent, to actually share more of myself, to be vulnerable, to be more open and honest. So this is a part of myself that I've had to really grow and expand. It's like nurturing. And I know you and I are in the same group together. And this is what we do week after week. We give ourselves opportunities to be with others and to reveal ourselves, to get the support, the encouragement, which we desperately need as we start growing and expanding. This is something that really all men need. You know, Leonard, you're absolutely right. It's been such a joy to be in group with you and to, and to do this work for years now together. Another great thing about waking up and growing up is it really never ends. Once it starts, and we both remember when we you know, began this process, it just continues. There are always more messages to, to root out, more false uh, images of ourselves that we can re-script, more shadows, if you'd like. We use that term a lot to, to work on. And so we, the continuous process of waking up and growing up go hand in hand. It never ends. And it's, it's really a delight. I've been in the same group for 30 years, every week, and it's completely changed my life. And I know you've been doing this work even longer. Yeah, you know, I, was, I was in a group in Chicago for 17 years, same wow. group of guys. And while well, I went through a divorce at the time, and I, boy, it, I really needed their support. I was in therapy at the time. It's, it's really painful for me as a therapist to witness men who are going through difficulties in jobs and relationships with children to say to me that they don't have any friends. Yeah. They don't have anybody they can turn to. So if their only person they had in their life was their partner or their wife and they're separated, they are devastated because there's no one that they can turn to. And for them, it's so important for them to grow relationships, to grow yeah. into being with other men in a very honest, vulnerable 
open way. Yep, and that builds resiliency like we were talking about before. I don't know how I, I could have gotten through my two divorces, the loss of a son, the loss of both of my parents. These are devastating events. And luckily, I was in groups where men were there to support me, to hold me when I cried, to support me when I felt weak, to build me up, and, and just to love me unconditionally. What a powerful experience that is. I wouldn't dream of not being in a group anymore these days because I know there's going to be another event that's going to happen in my life of loss, and I'm going to need that support. And I get joy out of supporting all the other men that are in our group that go through life-changing experiences. You know, Rick, it reminds me, when I was in the uh, men's group in, in Sydney, Australia, mm. they encouraged me. So I was a director of a marriage and family therapy training program, and they encouraged me to be really more involved with my children. So I was a stay-at-home dad for a year, and one of the reasons I did it was because I had the support of the men. And the other thing, they supported my writing. Yeah. They really saw value in my writing back then, and I really kind of put it down to that, wow, they supported me in my writing. They celebrated my writing. They celebrated my willingness to be a stay-at-home dad when it was just unknown or unheard of for men to be staying at home raising kids. I did that for a year. So again, you know, as, as we're with men in our groups, we also get celebrated and supported and encouraged to really be more fully who we can be. And Leonard, I know your kids are adults now. Tell tell our audience what the outshoot of you being a stay-at-home dad and being connected to your kids, what's happened in your life? Well, you know, you know, the thing that really astounded me was I never realized how important it was having a father. I knew what it was like not having a father, but with my two children, and I was very actively involved. So my son, just particularly with my son, I noticed that he really allowed himself to be mentored. In high school, he had a chemistry teacher. In college, he found a mentor, went out to graduate school, and he really, uh, I, I witnessed him. He says, wow, he wasn't fearful of having a male mentor, and part of it was because I was there. And then I have a, a grandson who's three and a half years old. Thomas. And so, Thomas. <laughs> and I had a great joy. Last time I was in Australia where I was uh, visiting my uh, grandson, my daughter, and her partner, Warren, that I really had the opportunity to help toilet train my grandson. Oh, oh my God, that was a treat. We had a hoot. But again, to be involved in, and to have generations that were really, as men, helping prepare and helping younger men come into their full manhood. Absolutely. And I know from knowing you so well, Leonard, that when your kids are in crisis or when they're in need, they reach out to you. They ask your advice. They respect you. And it's it's very deeply moving to see the kind of relationship you develop with both of your kids. And in fact, with your your uh, your kids' partners, too. It's really neat. Well, thank you. And again, this is this is part of the growing up we're talking about, right. growing up, and maybe kind of leads into showing up. So the last thing we we're talking about, waking up, growing up, and showing up. So showing up is really to show up in the world as full men with choice and really making a contribution. I know you talk a lot about mission, so mm -hmm. can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the best ways men can show up is to develop and begin to live and put into, in, into effect their missions of service. There's processes that men can go through to find their mission of service. We do some on the weekends, the Mankind Project offers that I had the privilege of leading. Put it into words, that deep sense of serving something bigger than themselves. I think men in particular have this deep need to do that, and they don't feel fulfilled, Leonard, unless 
They're also doing some kind of mission of service. Certainly taking care of their families, loving, loving, them, loving their kids, loving their partner, uh, having a job that they really enjoy. Those are important things. But when a man finds something beyond himself, something that's bigger than himself that he can serve, be it the environment, be it the world, be it uh, some kind of church or religious experience, whatever it is, we encourage men to find that mission and then find support to living that mission, bringing it out there into the world. And that's how we show up. The world is desperately needing men who are leaders, men who are awake, and men who are in, in touch with their sense of service. That's what I mean by show up. Yeah, so Rick, what is your mission? My mission is to create a passionately loving and peaceful planet by leading safe, sacred, diverse healing circles. And I have the privilege letter to doing that all the time. Trainings that I lead, workshops that I do, talks that I give. And of course, in, in our writing and in my writing and in your writing, I, I, we do that all the time. We create those spaces where people can come together and learn something from each other or learn something from me or teach me. All, all goes together. Well, and, and my mission is uh, to connect with spirit and use my words to educate, entertain, and inspire others to return home to love and inner peace. And so really, that's wow. what I do all the time, just like you, yep. in speaking and helping uh, clients in therapy, in writing books, talking. I mean, it's all really helping others just kind of connect them with that love and inner peace, and particularly as men, for us to really have this leadership that we can take into the world to make this a much better place. Yeah, and you definitely are living that mission in the world, Leonard. And when you do that, what happens is energy flows. You feel connected, you feel energized, you feel like you're on the right track, and, and you feel like you're in the flow of life. I know you feel that way with all the books you've written and all the clients you've worked with, and I feel that way too, many, many times. And you know, I think the thing that uh, really astounds me in uh, having a mission is that in our men's work, if we're not living our mission, we're called into accountability. That's the other beautiful thing about men's work is that we're, we call each other into accountability. If we're not doing what we said we did, if we made promises and whatever, and we're falling down, we have other men that can keep us almost like guardrails so we don't fall off of the highway, but we're, we're, the guardrails are there to keep us really connected to our mission and living with purpose. And that's really what we're, we're on about. Yeah, excellent. that's an excellent use of accountability. Staying in integrity around our agreements to live our mission in the world in certain ways. Some men's missions are huge. Some men's missions are smaller. It doesn't matter. What matters is staying connected to it and being accountable to it. And the beautiful thing is, since this is our first podcast, we really have a lot of men who have been in the field who want to, are willing to share their experiences because a lot of men have been working in the men's field to really help bring men into the 21st century. So I'm excited, Rick, about us interviewing a whole bunch of other men and to share our knowledge. You know, I can't wait either to get in more podcasts and talk to a bunch of men that are doing amazing things in the world. Uh, we're going to bring you a tremendous program of men working to bring men into the 21st century, helping men wake up and grow up and show up. That's what we're about. So, you know, we're inviting you to stay tuned to Calling Men to the 21st Century. So this is Leonard Simchek and Rick Bronick, and we'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.